I think the thing that draws me to ultra running is it teaches you that you think you have this limit, but you don't, right? So it's constantly pushing your limits. Like I'll go in and I'll know my feet are going to hurt. My knees are going to hurt. I'm going to get nauseous. I might puke. There's this long list of all these things you know are going to happen. And then something else will come up and you think that's your limit. That's going to break you. And then you find a way to push past it. And it's such a cool feeling because now you know that you're tougher than you thought you were. And so I think that's, you get that in CrossFit too, right? Like you do this workout and you're like, well, I'm, that's my max effort. And then someone tells you across the gym, come on, you can dig a little deeper and you do, and you surprise yourself. So that's what ultra running is too. It's just a constant reminder of that. And you finish these things and you're like, holy shit. Am I allowed to say that on here? Yeah, <laughs> yeah, yeah. And it's just a, constantly pushing your limits. So you just over and over again, get to figure out that you're a lot tougher than you thought you were. You're listening to the Forging Fury podcast, a show dedicated to bettering lives through fitness, nutrition, and inspiring stories from athletes of every stripe. This episode is brought to you by Modern Day Midwife, encouraging active pregnancies, supporting empowered birth, and growing strong, healthy families. For information or to set up an appointment, contact Tracy Burns by visiting moderndaymidwife.com. What's up, sweet people? This is Coach Riley. I'm here with my friend, Michael Gray. You are listening to the Forging Fury podcast. And today we have one of my closest friends, Nicole Matero-Welch. Hello, hello. Hey, guys. Hello, how are you? I'm good. Thanks good. for having me. And this is Nicole's first time being on a podcast, so she's kind of a little nervous. I can feel it. A little bit. Yeah. <laughs> We're nice. You'll be okay. Yeah, just, just relax. It's going to be cool. People won't judge you too hard on this. And if they do, you know, they weren't your friend anyways. But Nicole, what is going on? Tell us something good today that happened today, just this day. I just hung out with a lot of good people today. Oh, yeah. Who'd you hang out with? Tell us saw about it. Saw my parents, saw some friends, okay. got to hang out with you guys. You've had Blake. Was at the gym all morning. Mm. Oh yeah, my son goes so, everywhere. So. so you're at the gym this morning. What were you doing? Uh, Fury Well, well I worked out and okay. then Fury Wellness. Okay. What, is, what, what about this wellness class? Tell us about it. Yeah. So Fury Wellness is a really awesome class that this is the third one. Now you spend half the time going through some light movement, half the time talking about nutrition. Um, so it's really catered towards people who need to make some lifestyle changes. And who was there that you knew? My parents. Came. Oh, you took yeah. your parents. Yeah. Oh, that's really freaking awesome. If you ask me. But so we have our friend Nicole on here. She's actually a staff member at CrossFit Fury. I've known her for probably, I would say close to three years now. Yeah. We go way back. Actually, Nicole is responsible for me getting the job at CrossFit Fury. So if everyone, you know, you need to thank Nicole. Only if you like him, then I'm not responsible <laughs> exactly. if you don't. Only for all the good people, not the bad people. So, you just did it for pity. If yeah, exactly. Yeah, exactly. Well, it was, it's such a weird story. We can dive into it is that I initially found Fury through Nicole and then Nicole ended up coming to Fury afterwards, but we'll get into that a little bit later. But Nicole has got a wide variety of stories. She's a super, well, she, well, she's first of all, full-time badass. Second of all, was a super, was an ultra runner. Yeah. Ultra marathons. Ultra yeah. marathons. Okay. I need to, get, I don't know the terminology, so correct me when I'm wrong. Well, ultra works. Yeah. Okay. Ultra work. She's done some pretty gnarly feats when it comes to running that I think she'll tell us all about. Um, she's. Uh, full-time, like I said, full-time badass 
recently had a son named Blake, um, has a super good looking husband named Chase. <laughs> uh, so if he's listened to this, Hey buddy, <laughs> that's from Nicole. Not <laughs> Your me. little shout out. Yeah. Hey, Hey, Hey Chase. But, um, yeah, so we've got her in, uh, well in studio, wink, wink. Um, and we're just going to dive in today and kind of figuring out more about her. So first of all, we want to talk about, honestly, we just talked about it a little bit, but you were an ultra marathon runner. Tell us about that. Yeah. So I would like to think I still am just on a little bit of a hiatus. Oh, sorry. Already already throwing shade (laughs) on me. All right, cool. Uh, yeah, no. Um, I obviously had Blake six months ago, so I'm sure it could or has been done, but I took a temporary pause there running hundred mile races. Um, kind of hard to do when you're, you know, being a home for a human, but I'm sorry. Did you say hundred mile races. Correct. Yeah. So ultra marathons are, I guess, defined as anything over a marathon, right? So there's anything from a 50 K that's 32 ish miles all the way up to people running across the United States. Um, <laughs> Holy cow. Like Forrest Gump. Yeah. Like wow. Forrest Gump. I have several friends who have done it. So oh my. Mm. wow. How I long can't does that say take? it's not on my list of maybe things to do someday. <laughs> <Me either>. <laughs> where do you start and where do you end if you do those? Or do, can you just run wherever you want? Like, um, typically people go from like New York to Huntington Beach, LA area. Because yeah, that's a good place you want to finish is by, by yeah. in LA. Yeah. So what timeline, talk us through, uh, well, let's start, let's start high school. Like you were, you were an athlete, you grew up being an athlete and tell us kind of that journey into ultra marathon running. Yeah. So high school, I played three sports, um, all varsity. I was really lucky. We had kind of a new school, so no big deal. Um, no big deal. Yeah. So I got to play <laughs> soccer and then I ran cross country and track and field all four years. And that was really fun. And then I graduated and I wanted to just run further, I guess <laughs> I, I started doing marathons. So I did some halves and then full marathons and I think I got up to like 15 to 20 full marathons and I just couldn't beat my time anymore. Um, I couldn't PR. And so it got frustrating, but I was also in college. And so either my kind of diet and everything needed to change and I needed to, you know, really hone in on getting faster. Or I like to think it was maybe (laughs) the easier route is I got to eat more and run further. (laughs) (laughs) Because everyone loves to eat. Right. So I went up to 50 miles and then it's a slippery slope. So it it was a process of sorts. It's like you didn't like hop off the couch and then decide to run an ultra marathon. Some people do that. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. (laughs) I I did quite a few marathons and I did 150 and then, um, I I'd like to think I got peer pressured or suckered into just going straight to a hundred after the 50. So, uh, you can start picking up some of this running experience and you got pretty involved in the sport and, you kind of approached some super, super badass races like um, Badwater, if I'm going to just drop a couple of names out there. Yeah. So I was fortunate enough to do Badwater. Um, one year I did the official race. First um, of all, tell people what Badwater is so okay, they know. So, <laughs> so Badwater is a 135 mile race and um, it goes from the lowest point in the continental US to the highest. But the race actually ends at Whitney Portal now. So technically not the highest. Um, so it goes from below sea level to about 8,000 feet in that race. Wow. So a pretty change, good change in elevation. Yeah. Yep. <laughs> a little bit. So that you have to qualify, apply for. It's, it was like applying for college. You write an essay, you have to get in. An essay to run 130 miles? Yeah, you miles? have to get accepted. Oh, I, I think they would just probably let people do that if they wanted it. You no, probably have to get a psychology <laughs> test. They have to make sure you're sane Are before you, sane? you can do that. If you're not sane, you get in. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> wow. So, no, so I think about 40 people get in and they have some something like two, 3,000 applicants every year. So the first time you did Badwater, year 2000 and... 
Oh boy, 12 maybe? Probably 2012. Somewhere around there. And tell us about the first time you did it. So the first time it was in the race, it was pretty cool to see people like David Goggins and these really big names that people know outside of the ultra community because I obviously had my idols in the ultra community, which all everybody knows about, but there's other bigger names in that race too that, you know, he has other records that CrossFitters know him. So that was really intimidating at first because here I am just like this. I was relatively new to the sport and, you know, towing the line with people like that. Pun intended. Yeah. <laughs> so that was a good. It was. Um, Do you remember I, your time that first year? Gosh, I don't know, but I, I did really well. <laughs> I remember die. like I, I took, I think, like sixth female or something. Your and first I, year. Yeah. And yeah. I shocked myself, but I credit a lot of it to these ultra marathons are like a team thing mm. you have a crew out there so my mom was like my crew captain <laughs> and then Aww. I had um three friends who they basically just it's miserable it's got to be miserable for them they sit in a car and they drive alongside you and they like hop out and run parts with you and they feed you and they take care of you it and sounds like, like a vacation for them no 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 for you yeah minus the part you're <laughs> on your feet the whole time <laughs> oh yeah no, this is the whole running 130 miles part i don't so. want to go on vacation with you ever. Yeah. <laughs> that's what my vacation that sounds like a vacation <laughs> yeah right no so they just i mean we just clicked really well they they helped me out a lot and that makes a huge difference when you're in those lows because they they were just really there to support me so kind of yeah. what i want to ask you first of all is leading into that huge weight uh huge race bad water or just any of your kind of long distance running that you've done what's your training look like leading up to that like kind of give us a progression of how you went about training for it yeah so the first one I was just a runner and I, I don't mean that in a negative way but I um just did a lot of running time on my feet I maybe did some sit-ups on the ground but other than running it was that was it I would go out on Saturday and run 30 40 miles and then go back on Sunday and run another 40 50 miles so I spent pretty much my entire weekend running how did you feel? How was your body? Like, what was the feedback your body was telling you at that point? Um, I think cause I started it really young and I had no prior injuries it was fine. And I just didn't really know better yet. So you're um, super lucky to like have a zero injuries of just running. Yeah. I mean, I, I did take care of myself. Um, so I think that helps, but as I started doing more of them, the injuries started kind of creeping up to where I realized I couldn't just be a runner. I had to do other things to be a runner. Okay. Perfect segue. Yeah. Segway, Nicole. <laughs> so, so you do bad water a second time, which is probably the definition of insanity if you ask me, but what was the difference going into the second time rather than the first time? What was the difference? Yeah. So the second time I did it, it was not with the race. It was an individual effort. I just went out there on my own. And the reason being is because the original Badwater back in the day, um, they go to the top of Mount Whitney and I hadn't done that yet. So the first time we ended at Whitney portal, that's 8,000 something feet. The top of Mount Whitney is 14,500. <laughs> so it's a little bit of a little bit of a difference there. Yeah. So I needed to go to the top to feel like and I, this was a solo mission. It. it wasn't through like the bad water race. It was just something you want to do individually. Correct. And didn't know that. Yeah. And so that is where Peter and Karen, actually the owners of our, our now gym, um, they ended up being my crew team. So were they, were you working out across the Fury previously before that? We're getting a little bit into the wickets of the story, but like, yeah, yeah. So, um, I came to CrossFit, I think I only spent 10 months at the gym at Fury. The first time I lived here, uh, Chase is in the air force. So we moved for that. Um, but they didn't know me that long. And I came in as a scrawny runner who didn't lift a weight and I had done CrossFit previously, but I didn't try hard or anything. And 
and Peter just got on me. <laughs> you know, he didn't want to hear that I was just a runner. He wanted to make me a strong runner and it took me a little to understand it. Um, but they, I was actually really surprised and impressed and it really just showed me what kind of people they are that they just jumped on my team so quick. Like they, I don't know if they saw something in me or what enticed them to want to do it, but well, you know, Peter always asks people when he meet, meets them, what do you do for fitness? So I'm sure when you you said, oh, I'm an ultra marathon runner, he's like, yes, yeah. that's what I need in my gym. <laughs> yeah, so right? you can do that. So the second go round, did the training change? Were you, since you were doing CrossFit, like, tell us about that. Like, what, what did you start doing that you weren't doing before that? Yeah. So I, I mean, CrossFit was a big thing, um, but learning how to make CrossFit work for me was a big part of it. And honestly, I think that's kind of where that endurance class started for CrossFit Fury is Peter catering and building something to help me blow up my legs with CrossFit movements and then run like, you know, just strengthen all the surrounding joints. As a runner, you use the same muscle groups over and over and you don't realize how many muscular imbalances you have until you get to a physical therapist. Cause you have an injury and they say, Oh, you have weak glutes. You're not activating your glutes. You have weak this and, and they kind of pick you apart. So, um, you would say that the CrossFit training methodology helped you with your endurance training, AKA Jillian Michaels. I still haven't forgot about you. I still want you to come to my <laughs> class. All right, but hey, onward. Hey, hey, Jillian Michaels, I've done plenty of your videos. <laughs> so, no, she is a figure yeah. in the fitness industry. I acknowledge her effort, but like, uh, so we have the pure example of the counter counterbalance of what she said. I just wanted to make that clear of like CrossFit helped her endurance. This is an endurance type program, but keep going on your story. So yeah, so CrossFit, she's just exhibit A, that's the thing. Yeah, yeah, yeah. just one example of probably million, Jillian. Yeah. CrossFit has definitely made me a stronger runner, a better runner. Um, my goal isn't obviously to go faster, but I think if I were to pick up CrossFit back when I was trying to PR my marathon, I think CrossFit would have made me a faster runner. Um, but right now it just helps me run further without injury. So do you remember your first CrossFit workout at CrossFit Fury? It was 150 wall balls for time. Karen. Oh, not at, not at Fury. Okay. Sorry. Oh, so at, your first ever. That was ever. Okay. Yeah. That was in California. Okay. What about your first Fury, Fury workout? I want to say I had rowing in it because Peter just ripped apart how I rowed. I remember He's that real very good at that. specifically. Shout out to Peter. I feel like I'm a much better rower now. So Very effective. <laughs> I, don't, very effective. I don't remember the workout, but I'm pretty confident it had rowing in it. So you tell us about the, uh, the back end of that second time. So give us a little more on that story of the second time you decided to uh, run, I guess, obviously just the course, but extended the course more on this bad water run. Yeah. So it's a lot more planning when you go do it yourself without a race. Right. So we had a lot more cost in it. We had a lot more logistics. We had to plan. Um, the gym was amazing and they, they supported our trip. And so they really helped us financially get out there and they wrote these awesome, um, notes of encouragement and we hung them up all in the van. Um, and again, I had only been at the gym for a few months. It's just such a great community that really supports everybody doing what they want to do. And, and so we had, um, I think we spent four days out there. It was a lot of time together. And um, it was just, it was just you running alone, just you running. Yeah. Well, like. Yeah. Um, so my, so Chase, my husband and Karen and Peter were in the van and they crewed me. And so they were awesome. They'd hop out and run little parts of it with me and bike with me and, um, you know, give me massages and ice baths and hopefully me. Chase was the one doing that. No, it was mostly Karen. <laughs> well, shout out to Karen for the, those massages. 
And so, yeah, I mean, I did spend obviously a large part of it running by myself, but they, they biked and ran with me. And then when we got to the portal, which is that 8,500 where the previous one had ended, we met up with this group of my sister and her husband and my little sister and then some friends and they all hiked with us. And then Karen and Peter and my husband hiked with us also. And Adam Bow, which is a former member at, at Fury also. But so they all met up and did the hike, which is 11 miles up from 8,000 feet to 14,005. Isn't there a really funny, weird story in that whole thing that I think, <laughs> I think needs to be on this podcast? Like tell us, I, I remember hearing a weird story. Please tell it. Please tell it. Yeah. So it's really funny because people remember this story really differently, right? Like if you talk to Karen, she'll say um, that I, you know, I was almost dead at one point and I might have been, I don't recall it that way. Cause I think to be an ultra runner and keep doing these, you black out the parts that were really awful and you only remember the really good. So if you ask Karen, the story it might be a little different, but we got to the top of Whitney much slower than we anticipated. And I don't recall it being because of me, I think we had a lot of altitude sickness in the group. I think we had maybe 10, 12 people. And so not the person that had already run 130 miles. It was the other people. (laughs) But I slept in an altitude tent before. So I had that advantage going in. The altitude didn't affect me as bad. So we're up there and it's too dark to go down. Um, My sister had her, one of her, I think her boyfriend with her at the time, he really wanted to go down because everybody was getting sick. and, And then we had Ed the Jester, who is a very notable, prominent um, ultra runner with us as well, saying we can't go down right now. Everybody's too sick. And so there's this little shack at the top. It has a metal roof. And I think it gets hit by lightning something like 100 times a year or something ridiculous. And you're not supposed to spend more than a few minutes up there. Um, And Peter, I hope this doesn't get him in trouble, broke in to the because it's locked right so he broke in with a rock just hit a padlock and <laughs> like in the movies wow yeah, i didn't yeah, know was, that was actually there's possible. statues of limitations here i don't think right. they can go back on that right <laughs> so he broke in because it was freezing probably 30 maybe degrees. just your terminology he opened the gate okay he <laughs> opened this building that was not locked and <laughs> let us all in there because i mean everybody was getting sick and cold and tired And we slept in probably an eight by eight box with brick walls and like concrete floor. We spent the night up there. And I mean, my sister's panicking because she's a little bit afraid of the lightning situation. We got some people crying, some people vomiting. And I just slept. I remember sleeping really <laughs> yeah, good. I thought you deserved a little <laughs> bit of sleeping time, don't you think? Yeah, but they, we were like sleeping on top of each other, like sardines in this little box because we didn't all fit in there very well. And we woke up and it was snowing. Um, and then we headed back down the next day. I felt great. Someone gave me a pop tart. We were just Pop-tarts. talking about pop tarts yeah. on, on the episode previous. We'll we met going. we met a guy named Tree Trunk because he he was just hiking the um, John Muir Trail, and they get hiking names out there. So we met him. Huh, I wonder what this guy looked like. Yeah, he had um, a beard, obviously. Yeah, he was big dude. Yeah, <laughs> Tree Trunk. Weird, <laughs> weird that they named him that. Tree Trunk and Havelina was the lady that he was hiking with. She was beautiful. And yeah. they, <laughs> wonder how she got that name. And they gave us a Pop-Tart and... Um, what flavor? It was strawberry. I will never Told forget you. that Pop-Tart. And what's your favorite flavor of Pop-Tart? This Probably f- that brown sugar cinnamon that one. That a girl. Oh my yeah, that's goodness. what I'm talking Both about. Both of you are uninvited to my birthday party but like, this year. I haven't had a Pop-Tart in years. And someone <laughs> hands the, me this Pop-Tart. Timing. I didn't even think about it. I just devoured it. 
because we were running out of food too. So we hiked back down the next day, which was the best thing because it was beautiful on the way down. We all kind of had, well, I'll say I had this renewed energy because I actually slept. I don't know if anyone else slept, but like I said, you might get a different version of this story. It wasn't about them. It was about you. And as long as you felt great, then they were probably all right with that too. So I'm pretty sure there's tons and tons of other bad ass stories of your running career, but I want to, before we move on, I want to ask a little bit more about how you do these runs. Like I know they're long. How long do you run? How far, how how do you break up this run? I I can't even understand it. I would elaborate even more in this question is tell us about your mindset during these long endurance runs. Okay. So it depends on what kind of run it is. So Badwater, it's all asphalt. It's all on the roads. And so you have a van with you. So they drive up anywhere from one to five miles ahead of you, wait for you, feed you, give you water, and then they drive up again. And, and do you eat. stop and get water or do you run and eat? Like I try to r- keep running most of the time. Okay. Um, that obviously changes as the race goes on, right? So I did take some naps. They'd like stick me in the van. I'd nap for 30 minutes and then pop back up. I'm sure it wasn't really a pop back up. They were dragging me out. But it depends on what part of the run you're in probably. Um, but then you do trail ultras where you don't have a crew. And so those have aid stations anywhere from probably like 7 to 20 miles apart. And that's more you carry your stuff um, and, and you kind of have to. And I'm pretty sure that you've told me this before. There was at one point you did a 24 hour race. Yeah, which which most hundred miles take people over 24 hours. But anyways, the fact but that the race was 24 hours long is, is something people need to know. Yeah. So that's a style of ultra running is you just run however far you can for 24 hours. And there's no naps or breaks in that one. Like you're absolutely actually, not. your legs are churning for 24 yeah. hours. Yeah, you're not napping in absolutely that one. Absolutely no. not. There's a, um, <laughs> I'm going to need to rest a bit. And so that one, I walk and eat. If, if anything, if I'm stopping, it's it's walking and stopping. It's There's no like sitting down in that one. Wow. It's just move moving for 24 hours. Yeah. So what do you, during those just middle parts and dark times, like where's your head at? What do you, what, is there a phrase that you repeat over and over in your head? Or like, what are you thinking about? Give us your mindset kind of like during well, these. Well, so I've never listened to music. That's the first thing everybody asks me. Who are you? Never <laughs> Just the beat to of your music. own heart. That's what I you got to listen to. <laughs> there are people who do it. Some people listen to podcasts. Some people listen to books. Some people listen to music. I don't like to. I don't know. My inner voice is too negative to do that. Like I have to drown out my body saying, you really want to run for 24 hours? Right. You're crazy. Well, what I tell people is anybody could run, probably very few exceptions, but anybody could run an ultra. You have to want to run the ultra though. Mm, that's a that's a, right? actually a big, huge uh, determination of doing right. that ultra. Like I could train probably 99% of the population to run an ultra physically but mentally that's where these things get tough because you know all these things are going to hurt and suck and so you have to prepare for those and then there's a whole element of unknown that you don't know what's going to come and you have to mentally get through those so you have to want to be out there you're not going to get through those so what are you thinking about during the runs that's what i want to know because i'm trying to steal some of this ninja focus that you have and if if you can help me with think about something other than my legs about to explode during 19.2 i'll (laughs) i'll take that so there's so many different coping strategies people (laughs) use i mean this is what i'd got my master's degree in so oh um, so she yeah she's a ninja when it comes to the dark arts yeah i did my thesis on coping strategies that ultra runner used to use so yeah are you gonna give, give us examples pretty fun 
Um, I mean, there's a bunch of things. So associative stuff and disassociative, right? So you distract yourself with a lot of things. Like I taught myself the ABCs backwards. I've, you know, do math problems in my head, like random things like that to make yourself not think about it. And then there's times where you're checking in with your body. So you're thinking like, how are my feet feeling? What do I need to eat at this next part? That I mean, you always have stuff to think about. That's a long damn time to be thinking about that. <laughs> so I think I'd run out of that. I could do that in two minutes. All of what you just said, yeah. maybe not the alphabet backwards, but like, what? I'm still blown away of like the headspace and like the. But it the, helps the, when they're pretty too, right? So Badwater and Mount Whitney, all those different like kind of destination races. I did one on Hawaii. It was in the rainforest. That was the worst one I've ever done. The hardest thing I've ever done in my life, but it was gorgeous. So right when you're feeling terrible, you look around and you're like, well, there's birds and that you don't need music at that point. I would need music. I would need a lot of music. That just every time I hear you tell that story, like I think like you in my mind, you go up more like of like how just crazy your mindset is. And I feel like that's something that people don't know about you. I told Michael before we did this interview is that we're going to have to poke and prod you to tell you about uh, like for you to tell us about it because you don't, you're you're like a humble human. You won't tell me or tell anyone about it. So this was kind of an opportunity for me to learn more about that as well. Well, so let me ask you this. I'm not a marathon runner, obviously, not even a regular marathon runner. It's not if, obvious. If I'm just in, well, thanks. <laughs> <laughs> the people who really know me, it's pretty obvious. <laughs> but if I'm just, let's say I'm facing something in the gym that's tough, what would, what would be a mindset tip you have? Because mindsets are always my big thing. Like, tell me something you have used with running that I could use if I'm facing something that I'm having a hard time with. Yeah, so I think the, the thing that draws me to ultra running is it teaches you that you think you have this limit, but you don't, right? So it's constantly pushing your limits. Like I'll go in and I'll know my feet are going to hurt. My knees are going to hurt. I'm going to get nauseous. I might puke. There's this long list of all these things you know are going to happen. And then something else will come up. And you think that that, like that's your limit that's going to break you. And then you find a way to push past it. And it's such the, it's such a cool feeling because now you know that you're tougher than you thought you were. And so I think that's, you get that in CrossFit too, right? Like you do this workout and you're like, well, that's my max effort. And then someone tells you across the gym, come on, you can dig a little deeper and you do, and you surprise yourself. So that's what ultra running is too. It's just a constant reminder of that. And you finish these things and you're like, holy shit. Am I allowed to say that on here? Yeah, (laughs) yeah, yeah. It's just constantly pushing your limits. So you just over and over again, get to figure out that you're a lot tougher than you thought you were. That's, that's really cool. Um, I, I, I constantly try to create, like to talk to myself in a way that I would talk to like my mother or a friend, but my self-talk during coach, uh, like tough, tough workouts or like open workouts is always really, really negative. So I don't, I'm trying to employ some of that myself personally and, and just not being negative. I mean, I mean my, me and Michael share this is our self-talk is, is, is the worst. So well, always- that's something you train just like you train physically, right? Like the mental part of any sport and especially CrossFit, if you're not working on that stuff, you know, during workouts, don't expect to show up in the open and all of a sudden be this positive person, you know, cause that's when it's harder to be positive. 
Oh yeah. When your legs feel like you're about to fall off, it's hard to be really positive. Yeah. <laughs> and you can always think about the pop tart you get if you <laughs> accomplish it. Well, I'm, just, I'm no, in no way endorsing pop tarts no, here, guys. They do not sponsor this podcast. Yeah. So we need to quit saying pop tart. <laughs> I haven't eaten a pop tart since then. And I don't plan on it, but <laughs> yeah, no pop tart. We are not going to like, we're not going to keep giving you free advertising here. All right. I'll leave it alone. Okay. So <laughs> me and Nicole actually were really, really good friends before CrossFit Fury. Um, her and her husband were stationed in, well, Sumter, South Carolina, uh, Shaw Air Force Base. And she actually wandered into the gym that I was coaching at in Columbia, Carolina CrossFit. Kind of tell us uh, the story about how you guys got to Columbia and settled in and wandered in to meet me. Yeah. So I was um, at a gym in South Carolina prior, um, who I think after being spoiled by Peter, who understood that I wanted to be an ultra runner who did CrossFit and not wanting to be a CrossFitter per se, it's tough to go to a different gym. And I think I expected everybody to get that. And so we had some training differences. um, And so I eventually found um, the gym that Riley was at Carolina CrossFit and that was the right group who understood that they were training me to be a better runner. Um, and so that's how I found them through a mutual friend of Riley and ours, um, who her husband works with chase. We finally got her to make the switch. I think I'd met her a couple of times, maybe one or two times before. And I was like, in my head, I was like, why the, why, why is she not coming over to our gym? And, and then it was a huge switch when she came over. I was first of all, blown away at her ability, like her aerobic capacity. Like she would do a 20 minute AMRAP and run circles around everyone in the, in the workouts and in the gym. And I was like, what do you do? And she, I mean, she just like, yeah, you know, I just run, run long distances, like very nonchalantly. I'm like, oh yeah, what do you do? She's like, you know, I ran a hundred mile race, you know, no big deal. And that in my head, I'm like, who is this superhuman that walked into our gym? And the more that I figure things out, like I've, then one week you showed up and you're like a little sore, you're walking in gingerly. And I was like, what did you do this past week? Like, yeah, I ran a 24 hour race, like just casually. I'm just like, what, who yeah, are you? Yeah. And members of that gym went out to Charleston, which wasn't far, but two hours maybe. And, you know, came out and supported me at that race. And, and so that's just a cool part. I think of CrossFit that people support whatever fitness adventure that you're on. Right. It was a huge thing for me as a coach for Nicole, someone like Nicole coming in with this huge, huge endurance background and, and just having to realize like, Hey, like her goal is to be an elite level runner or running at a high level. And we need to tinker this, like she said, to, to, to go with her and like the amount of volume she can handle is different. It kind of challenged everything that I <laughs> the thought. The volume argument, yes, right? Yes. <laughs> it, it challenged everything I knew about training at one point and made me question about like, well, what have I learned? And like, this is not, she's added like a whole nother chapter into my book of coaching and just kind of meeting people where they are and like giving them what they want, but maybe like just keeping them between the white lines sometimes. Like I, I try to help Nicole and we go back and forth and we've come a long way. Yeah, we definitely have. Like You're I, smirking as you say this the whole time, but we've come a long way. We have come a long way. And guess what? Nicole was on was like doing some straight up bodybuilding before we left Columbia. She was doing some curls. She was doing some like really heavy bodybuilding, was getting some strict muscle ups. And and don't tell people, well, actually tell people the story of when I saw you do your first strict muscle up. What did I say? <laughs> so I, yeah, I can't for the life of me get a kipping ring muscle up. So I just decided to try it strict because Riley had been making me do curls and all these things. And he said, the strength is strength is there. So I go to try it strict and I get it. 
And I'm at the top of the rings, locked out. And Riley's across the gym. I yell, Riley, I got it. He goes, well, you should be able to do it. <laughs> and that was it. <laughs> yeah, that was... Uh, I thought Not you... that I needed a pat on the back, but... <laughs> well, Something would have been better than yeah, that. Right? <laughs> well, if I could do it different, I would have done it a little bit different. But like, I knew that she could do it for a long time. It was just like putting it together. I'd seen her put it in the work and training and, and just... I knew that she could do it. It was just a matter of time. But we had a really good run at Carolina CrossFit. I we think did. We, we had some good people and we, we did a lot of good workouts together. Um, can we tell the people... Uh, the story about the one Thursday workout. Do you, yeah, yeah, that's <laughs> fine. So what he's talking about is when I found out I was pregnant. So here's how this story goes. He was this, is a great, the, this is a great story. He was probably the second, per, third, second or third person to know at all because I was just you know, sucking wind. I couldn't breathe. We were doing this endurance workout and those are I my was beating thing. Nicole in an endurance workout, which immediately was a red flag for me. I was like, what is going on? Yeah, I was Did she lose a foot? struggling no. that day. And I had found out the night prior, uh, I took a pregnancy test and uh, we weren't planning on having a kid just yet because we had just found out that my husband was going to Korea for work. And so the timing was not great. So I wasn't, I'm not going to say I was mad about it, but I wasn't fully excited yet just because of the timing. And so I, I'm obviously not telling anybody it was, I was seven weeks, maybe pregnant. And I was so frustrated. I just felt terrible. And Riley says, maybe you're pregnant. <laughs> and I, Nailed if you it. know me, I'm you... not a crier. I never cry. I like, I have little to no emotion. People tell me this all the time. I'm very not stoic, but very even keeled. And I just start crying. And I am freaking out at this point because I've never seen Nicole cry or even express any emotion because she's a robot. And I'm like, oh, shoot. I like I sank the battleship. Like I hit it head on. I'm like, oh, yeah, this so girl's I, pregnant. I mean, I walked out of the gym pretty fast. Even our friend that was doing the workout with us didn't notice. And shout Riley, out to Tim. Yeah, if you're listening to Tim. <laughs> so Riley came out after me and I was crying and he... And I don't even know if he knew what he said or... No, I said it very nonchalantly. Like, right. I, I mean, I know... I, I, yeah, I didn't know, but like I just threw it out there like a like a shot in the dark and then it just landed and I was like, oh my God, what did you do, Riley? You are a monster. <laughs> but so, yeah, so, so that's yeah, how that we was, figured out Nicole was pregnant. Yeah. Yeah, so... Do you it, use that often when people are going slow? No, not at all. <laughs> What's the matter, Michael? You <laughs> pregnant? No, she, no. Was, she was a close friend. Luckily, and like, I haven't heard him say that to anyone else No, yet. it was Probably only to Nicole. That. I don't advise that to You want to any. avoid pregnant anything when yeah. you're talking to women. Well, that kind of lends itself to our next next question. So we... Oh, we, boy. Baby Blake, he came in... was in November? September. September. Wow, mm -hmm. time flies. September. Mm -hmm. And uh, so we had Blake in September. Nicole is a fire breather. Nicole is a freak athlete and for her to get pregnant and like the training through the pregnancy was still like, she was a fire breather. She trained like pretty much like all the way through her, like she trained through her pregnancy completely. Yeah. The I same. did that seven workout on the day that I had Blake. Exactly. Yeah. So literally hours before birth, she was working out. The so, sevens? You did yeah. the sevens? The seven. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. She, she, but I had clearance. To yeah. Do that, for some people, not. All right. Shout out to the best midwife that Woo! exists. Tracy Burns. Oh, say it again. Tracy Burns, Tracy modern midwife. Tracy Burns, modern day midwife. Best. We're going to have her on the podcast as soon as possible. So if you're listening to this, Tracy, get ready. Yeah. So what better, right? To train under someone who does CrossFit, is a CrossFit coach, now birth fit. Um, so many positives there. And 
And so I think for a while, women just thought that you can't work out and you can't exercise because you have to take it easy. In fact, my first OB I went to in South Carolina told me to not lift anything heavier than 25 pounds. (laughs) Wow. I laughed. I said, nothing I pick up is less than 25 pounds, really. (laughs) And so, I mean, I'm not saying go blow it out at a CrossFit gym, right? I'm, but I think keep doing what you're doing and listen to your body and be smart. And I think under supervision and, you know, Riley and I again went back and forth (laughs) on what I should be doing and what I shouldn't be doing. But the thing is, we don't know. Everybody is different. And when we say that we went back and forth, you did what you wanted every time. I listened to you like twice. Okay. 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 I'll take take twice out of the 50 decisions we made. (laughs) Two is not bad with Nicole. Uh, Uh, But I think it's important and just the overall volume that Nicole was putting in prior, her whole training history, like that was something that I had to consider. Like when she was, when she found out she was pregnant, it's like she can handle this kind of volume because she was doing that kind of volume previous to her pregnancy and stuff like that. So she is an anomaly. Nicole's pregnancy is an anomaly because she's such a freak athlete. Yes and no. Of course I, I you think would say that. I went from maybe three a days to two a days and then to singles, you know, towards the end. So that part is maybe different than, you know, average people. But I think staying fit during your pregnancy and making your pregnancy, your birth easier is not an anomaly. I think every everybody has the ability to do that because I even if it's just squats every day or something simple like that, you obviously have to gauge where you're at before you get pregnant. But I think you train for birth. I think that's what we need to start doing. That's a thing. So we were talking about, I, I said originally when we had Blake, because we, as the community of CrossFit Fury, every like the, the gym is tied to this pregnancy seamlessly. Like you said, Tracy was your midwife. Like we like the, I mean, we were so involved. We helped you train like there, the community of CrossFit Fury has just been amazing through. Oh yeah. It, it I had like, like at least 10, if not more Fury people at the hospital in the first 24 hours whether they were a nurse or a doctor or just someone visiting. Um, but yeah, the community and still are such a big part of Blake's life. So the person that delivered your baby, Tracy was there. Um, another nurse was there. Yeah. One of the nurses I work out with all the time. She was my delivery nurse. Yeah. So literally there were members from the CrossFit gym in the room when she had her baby. Like if that's not a testament to the community at CrossFit, you're like, we are everywhere in your life. Like it is, we, we made this crazy. <laughs> Whether you community. like it or not. Exactly. No. <laughs> they will be with you. With no, just every... kidding. I chose them. Okay, good. <laughs> <laughs> and it's a testament to the gym too, that, you know, we see so many women having babies. So now we're going to get our coaches birth fit certified, you know? So we're I'm starting to think there's something in the water at CrossFit Fury because there's a whole lot of babies coming out of there. Be careful. I'm, I'm myself. I'm, you know. I was going to say, we need to tell you to be careful. Yeah, not. Well, well, I'm, I'm in, front, in the middle of two parents here. I'm the only one that doesn't have children. I'm good. I've been time capped. Nice. <laughs> Three, two, one time. Volunt- voluntarily. It was such a different demographic for me coming from Carolina Cross. It was like a, like a lot of young professionals, a lot of students. And then coming across at Fury, this gym is like families. Like these are people that have children. They have that nine to five job and they, they're just, there's just a whole different breed of person that's been so great to be around. So, okay. So we've had Blake, how's been the postpartum bounce back? Mostly good. Mostly good. I mean, there's a few things you have to... <laughs> take time right yeah of course uh, i uh, came back pretty early um she was doing lunges with blake being born maybe a week right i had a video of this on my old phone i think it was a week yeah it was about <laughs> maybe a little we don't want to like get nicole in trouble yeah, don't with get her me doctors in trouble either. Here. no but i the instruction that i got was obviously listen to your body if it feels good but 
you know, if I wore the baby, then I couldn't get either of us too hot, right? So I wasn't getting my heart rate up too high. I was doing really just just moving, kind of some active recovery. Childbirth is like a physical feat, right? So I have a hard time believing that you should just sit there afterwards. You know, I needed to move and even if it was just walking, but I think part of it too is the community you want to get back there, right? Even if I just sat there and I didn't work out that day, it's just like being back with your friends and being back in that environment of people. And it makes you come back to reality a little bit. Yeah. Yeah. So uh, would you say CrossFit prepared you for childbirth? Oh, for sure. Like yes. the physical part of it. Absolutely. Like, not that I want, I won't ask any details, but I just want, <laughs> I just want to know like straight up, like this helped you. Yes, it was, absolutely. My yeah. labor was a lot shorter, I think, than the, maybe the average first time mom. Um, Tracy did a good job, kind of like I do for ultras is like preparing, right? So she really, really prepared me for what it's going to be like, what I need to know, what, it, what parts are going to suck. And then there's still that unknown, right? Just like an ultra. So I think we went in really prepared. I had a really great team, but, but the, the crossfitting, I think really did help. I love the comparison to, of like, yeah, my baby was like having an uh, like running an ultra marathon. I love that. Like you almost game planned it. Like it was a sport or you're like a plan of attack. I did. I did look at it like it was like a, a sport or like, an athletic like a event that I was minute training AMRAP, for. Right? Yeah. And I'll compare <laughs> it to this hop on an assault bike and sprint as hard as you can for 10, 15 seconds, rest 15 seconds, then do it again over and over and over for hours. Oh my, that sounds like hell to me. <laughs> the eternal, that sounds that sound like something die. some woman is going to try to make their husband well, do. Well, we can actually probably name that workout, like birth, <laughs> birth, uh, for yes. all us guys out there that think we're tough. Let's Yeah, put because you. <laughs> I was so out of breath and that is the, the biggest thing I can think of, right? The air bike is notorious for just like winding you, right? So go as hard as you can. Six rounds for time. We're and then name try it. to catch your breath in between the next contraction, which is the next bike sprint. And so that's the, for guys out there and women who haven't had kids yet, that's the closest I can get to for well, you. Fellas, that's about as close as it's going to get. And it sounds horrible. I don't I don't even know if I want to try it. And if, I had a short labor, so yeah, exactly. Props to Some, the women who are there for twenty-four hours. Yeah, I, I gotta say, I think Riley watching you do that would be a good promo. I totally would. I will. I will volunteer for that. What do we want to call that workout? And how many rounds do we want to make it? Just call it Blake. Yeah, yeah. Blake or having Blake. <laughs> yeah, or we can go birth. off his his timeline. I'll, yeah. I'll lay it out for okay, you. Okay, cool. Yeah. We, I'm, I'm totally game. Um, I will take on that Dula workout. from hell. <laughs> yeah, there exactly. <laughs> yeah, we will. We will definitely set that up. We need to get that on the interwebs. Uh, yeah. So, fellas, bike sprints is the only thing. Multiple, multiple bike sprints with short rest is the only thing yeah. that compares to childbirth. As hard as you can go. Though. As hard as you can go. Yeah. yeah. So don't sandbag it. You no losers. sandbagging, or else the baby's never gonna come exactly. out. Exactly. You're gonna be there all night. The right. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So we're going to have to put that on the internet because it sounds, it sounds like so much fun. Um, Nicole, is there anything that you want to tell the people? What, what, what kind of your parting words, what would you want them to be? Oh gosh. I would say my biggest thing that I've gotten from CrossFit is like learning what healthy is. Um, because as a runner growing up, I was always really skinny and, you know, skinny people ran faster. Um, and I think a lot of young runners have like maybe not the best relationship with food. And then I think CrossFit, a lot of people think, especially women, if you lift weights, you're going to get bulky, right? But CrossFit kind of showed me that you can be strong and you don't have to be bulky. You can have a good relationship. You can eat a ton of food as long <laughs> as it's good food. You can have a healthy relationship with food and be kind of a better, more well-rounded athlete. 
So I think for me is not telling everybody to go to CrossFit, but cross train at least, right? Like if you have your sport, find something that complements your sport. And for me, that was CrossFit um, because I think that helps you kind of be more of a well-rounded, healthy individual. Yeah, yeah. That's my I totally agree. Away. I think that's, that's a wise, wise word. It's from an, an elite level athlete. I don't know about that. We're just everyday <laughs> average Joes over here, me and Michael, and we're sitting amongst greatness. Yeah. I got to remind Nicole every once in a while. We're going to go rapid fire really quick. Well, first of all, how's it been being on a podcast? I thought it was oh, it's pretty. it's been great. Yeah, it's, yeah, been it's just pretty. like talking to my friends. Yeah, yeah, yeah. We do this a lot anyways. Just with like headphones and a microphone in your face, but. Questions. Oh gosh. Okay. okay. Mountains or the beach? Mountains. Okay. Um, night or Day. Day. Run or lift? Run. Lift or gymnastics? Lift. Okay. All right. Um, let me go. Um, here, you chime in whenever you want. Rapid fire. You're doing good, man. Oh, shoot. <laughs> I, was, I had a couple lined up. That's all you got? Um, um, hold on. Um, you know, like one of those vacations where you do a lot of traveling within the vacation or like a relaxed vacation? Traveling. Favorite vegetable? Ooh, that's tough. Um... I like so many bell peppers. Nice. That's actually mine too. Just raw. Either do you raw eat, or cooked. Do you eat the sticker? Because I eat sticker. I do not eat the sticker. That's where we are different. <laughs> I've think, seen you I eat think, the sticker. I think eating the sticker is good luck, guys. I think we should all try to together eat those I think stickers. A lot of hands touch that sticker, though. Well, you know, it's sticky, giving my immune system. It's not actually you know. food. You're being serious, right? He oh, is. I I've am being seen I eat the sticker every time. I've it's, seen him it's good eat luck. it. It's good luck. It's going to pay off one day. I don't eat the sticker. I'm actually like getting my immune system <laughs> a shock. So. Do you eat like fortune cookie fortunes as well? <laughs> <Eat> the, the, <laughs> the, the plastic on the outside, I eat that too. What else? Um, Ice cream or cake? Ice cream all the way. Donut or ice cream? Donut. Didn't yeah, even matter so, what the second uh, one was. One of the original bonding moments of me and Nicole is that we found out each other was a big, we're big fans of donuts. I love donuts. That makes That's three my of weakness. Us. Yes, we are. We should have. That's my favorite dessert. Donuts. Yeah. Oh, oh, you actually got a uh, sugar and spice. Shout out to you guys. We're just giving you random uh, publicity, but they actually catered Nicole's wedding. And my baby shower. And your baby shower. <laughs> Did so, they really? Oh, yeah. Yeah, they're they do great. have good donuts. Yeah. They do. Shout out to sugar and spice. Maybe yeah, we need Kenny to make you guys a sp owner. sponsor. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Shout out to Kenny and his donuts. Yes, we have. This is the literally the last thing I wrote in like the notes of the show. Running bad water or having a baby. How could you, which one was worse on, in, in, in your opinion, why? Which one was worse? They're both great. So I'm not going to say one <laughs> not was the worse. Type you're gonna say. <clears throat> They're both really hard, but really rewarding. So I'm not going to say one was worse. I'll say they're hard for different reasons, right? My labor, like I said, was pretty short. So it was short and terrible. Um, bad water was like 50 something hours. So that was long and terrible, but they both had really rewarding endings. So, so that was the most politically correct answer. I think. <laughs> Are you running for president? Because I think you just nailed it. That was perfect. All right. Perfect. I think that's, that's it. Nicole, thank you for coming on. We're super Thanks grateful. For Your me, story guys. is really cool on uh, anytime I can get more information out of you. <laughs> I think it's a good thing. So thank you so much. We are grateful that you joined us on our show. Thank you. Thanks for listening, guys. This is the Forging Fury podcast. I'm Coach Riley with my friend Michael Gray. So help us reach more people. We need your help. Give us a five-star review. We want to talk to your mom's friends, your friend's moms, and your grandma. So give us a five-star, write a review. We're trying to get to more people. Love you, mean it. Minute.